Welcome to Admentum's Podcast for Parents series, where we cover topics to help you navigate the twists and turns of home learning. I'm your host, David Cicero, and I'm so excited to join you on this journey. So let's go. Elizabeth, we have spoken before about what the new paradigm looks like in education. And so I'm wondering, is, is learning at home basically just inserting the school structure in the home? This is always a really interesting discussion um, for me because schools are designed around a couple of elements, time and space. And suddenly in a virtual environment, time and space has changed. So I think it's very important that as school is moving and learning is moving back into um, families' living rooms and their homes and their spaces to understand that space now is no longer really an issue. Um, We don't have to think about it in terms of, well, I can only put 25 students in that classroom or I can only have X number of students taking you know, advanced placement because I only have this number of teachers, suddenly space becomes much less of an issue. But then, conversely, it becomes a huge issue because the school then is imposing itself on the family's home. And so in my own instance, for example, by um, high school students, uh, school has chosen to impose a bell schedule on my student who is at home in front of a laptop. Um, That means that uh, she at 745 has to be logged in so that a teacher can take attendance. Um, That very much is an imposition of the school schedule into my family life. Um, I would very much like as a parent to, since my child is at home, to perhaps have a little bit more flexibility around that schedule. And is it really necessary to take attendance that way? Or would the submission of her assignment um, serve as attendance for that week? So there's still, I think, this dynamic tension around um, the school's role when education suddenly moves into the private home and and what that may look like um, in different districts um, and for different for different students. So, um, you know, I, I think it's easy to say, well, students, you know, receive that instruction for seven hours a day in a school. Um, it's very different to be in a dynamic classroom with people moving around and lots of activities changing than it is to be sitting in front of a computer listening to a teacher talk for that same seven hours. And I will share that our virtual teachers find that schedule almost impossible to accommodate because it is extremely fatiguing for a teacher to provide that direct instruction for that amount of time um, every day. And we can even talk about the mundane. I mean, for those of us um, who sit in front of computers for the majority of our working day, the amount of eye strain that we experience, and is it appropriate to impose that upon a student? Um, so there are many things about this paradigm that I think we need to look at critically and say what's necessary for learning uh, to happen in this new environment as opposed to what was necessary for learning to happen 
in that traditional brick and mortar school environment. Well, it's from what you're saying, it sounds like it is extremely challenging to simply, you know, try to pick up your school and put it in a, a family's home. It's challenging on the parent, it's challenging on the student, it's, ta- it's challenging on those virtual instructors. And maybe it's challenging because it just kind of doesn't fit. And, and, and maybe taking that as a cue, and I, I, I believe, you know, our educators listening today uh, and schools listening today are, are probably feeling some of that. And now what I'm hearing from, from what you're saying is, you, you know, we're schools that maybe, you know, in this circumstance right now, they may be missing um, ideas on how to leverage the home in the educative experience. Instead of just saying, we have the educative experience and we're going to insert it into your home, you know, just as a a teacher in the classroom is using their facilities to facilitate, uh, you know, uh, creative thought and um, activities for students, maybe we need to reimagine that. Like, how do we, uh, you know, what benefits does at-home learning provide to the educative experience, you think, that schools could leverage? Oh, this is a topic that really excites me um, because I think for so many really decades, maybe even centuries, we've turned education over to the experts in schools. And yes, I have licenses that would, you know, say that I'm one of those experts, but I also am a parent and I'm a grandparent. And I think what we have missed or may have missed is that um, by turning our children's education over to the experts, um, we have forgotten that we are really our children's first and probably best teacher. And the reason I say that, um, and years of experience (laughs) of being a parent and and having experiences with, with my children is that I don't think there is anything that can be leveraged more than the natural loving relationship between parent and child in a learning situation. And as I really think through this, um, you know, schools, there's a model in schools that, you know, we need to, we have a curriculum that we need to teach. We are bound by bells and time schedules and, um, you know, getting students to the gym on time and, and getting them to the lunchroom on time. And in the home, we are not bound that way. So as an educator, for example, one of the things I think is important for us to do is to always link learning to a positive emotional experience for the child. And those seem like, you know, kind of two different things. So we're kind of inching over into the social emotional learning. But I don't think there's anything more powerful for example, than a parent with a young child up in their lap, teaching them how books work and moving their finger underneath the words as they read a story and pointing out things in the picture because is there a safer place for a child than in a parent's lap? I'm not sure that there is. So the child is already linking together a powerful learning experience with a very pleasurable emotion. And I think that is what really, that linkage 
really provide students with that love of learning that we want them to have. Um, you know, as a parent, I mean, I think back to my days as a young parent, watching my children learn how to walk and pull themselves up and have those aha moments and those moments of total glee and excitement over, you know, you could almost read, if there was a caption underneath their little faces, it would be, um, look at, look at me, mama, what I, what, look what I just did. And that excitement of, you know, taking that first step and being kind of afraid, but yeah, I can do that. Isn't that what we want our, our kids to experience and what we all experience when we accomplish something new? And then to receive that emotional feedback from the parent, yes, you're, you've got this. You can do this. Oh, you felt, get back up and let's do it again. We can have fun with this. We can make this an experience through that natural relationship of just wanting our children to succeed and grow. Um, and that is something, that experience, that emotional linkage, I have yet to see happen in a classroom because the relationship between teacher and student is very different than the relationship of parent and child. You know, I, I, I think you're touching on something profound here. You know, it reminds me, you know, I'm, I'm 40 years old and I'll, I'll tell you what, I remember things my mother and father told me from, you know, 35 years ago, 30 years ago. That relationship um, really works to deeply instill and ingrain uh, messages uh, that are that are that are that are shared between parent and child. And I and I think when we think about love of learning, what better way to create a love of learning than by what you're saying, attaching learning to to love. I mean, that's really what you're saying, right? That, that, that parents in the home have a humongous advantage over the classroom. Now, in the classroom and at schools, you do, you know, we have to also consider the social aspect and, 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 and children are, and, uh, you know, young ones are, are learning how to get along with each other and social cues and, and how to, to uh, you know, form teams and, um, and, and work together and collaborate. That is true. But in the home, you're right. You have uh, these 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 very deep emotions and, and, and deep feelings of happiness and safety. And if we can attach some of that to these concepts we want students to to learn, I they may never forget them. I think you're right. I think it is extremely, extremely powerful. So when we think about the learning environment then, right? I, I know some some parents out there are their child's teacher seriously 100% of the time right now. Some parents out there, their child is working on an online curriculum, but they're still doing some teaching for sure. Um, so the the parent in every instance, I would imagine, and they always have really, right? I mean, even when the child was going to brick and mortar, the parent serves as the tutor and the homework helper and the motivator, right? So that stakeholder has always had some of that teacher role. And now it's just sort of more of that responsibility. They're experiencing more of that responsibility. So if, if, if I'm thinking, you know what, um, what should my learning environment look like for my child? You know, should I go devote an entire room and put up a board and put down a desk and some chairs and this is what we're going to learn, Elizabeth? Is this how I should create a space for that learning to occur? 
So I think this is a huge variable depending on your child, depending on your home situation. I mean, David, you and I are in home offices right now. Um, you know, I certainly have had um, my, uh, both of my children wander in here and say, you know, mom, could you help this? Or can you help me edit this? Or, and, and I'm free to do that during my workday, which is, is great. Um, but back in my early days as a parent with school-aged children, I was a homeschooling parent. I was fully responsible for my children's education. And my husband and I took that on as something that we felt was really important um, in, in our household. At that point in time, did we have a centralized place for learning, um, a place where, you know, everybody kind of knew that this is where we, quote unquote, did school? Um, I suppose you would have called that our dining room table. Um, but I, I have children who have needs that require them to be, you know, moving and who can't sit still and for whom sitting still in a school desk would have been, you know, really a form of torture for them. Um, so I think back on, you know, some of the things that we um, kind of employed, um, you know, for one of my children, um, we did all of our math facts on a trampoline. And as we jumped, I'd call out the, the, uh, the add-ins and on the third jump, he would give me the answer. And boy, he got really automatic with those math facts. Um, it was great exercise for both of us, um, which probably all um, moms who are at home with kids could use more of. But it was also a way of really helping him channel that energy in a productive way instead of squirming around in a chair because I had a notion that you know learning could only happen when kids were sitting in a chair and were stationary. Um, so I learned to really leverage the needs of my children. Um, you know, when my kids were reading chapter books, I would often find one, you know, under the piano, um, reading, you know, by herself in a quiet corner. Um, so I don't think you necessarily even want to attempt to replicate school at in that home environment, remembering that schools are set up for very specific um, types of, of, of learning, again, that are bound by time and space. So now you're not bound by this, that time and space anymore. There's much more freedom than to explore the environment around you, um, much more freedom to leverage wherever you happen to be and the, um, the benefits that you know, might be available to you in, in your own, um, in your own environment, whether it's rural, whether it's a large city, whatever that may be. So I'm not really an advocate of setting up, you know, a school at home. I'm much more of an advocate of looking at your family dynamic and saying, well, what's going to work for our family here? Um, how, how do we create an environment that is appropriate to my students, um, uh, development. So, you know, my college bound senior is sitting in an adjacent room and yes, she has a desk and she's getting her work done, you know, in what looks like a very sort of schooly environment. If I had younger children, um, it probably wouldn't look that way at all in my household. Mm. And I, I, I suppose that's exactly what you did to determine the trampoline was a good idea. <laughs> Definitely. And the trampoline was a good idea for, for a lot of reasons. Um, but for that particular um, child, it was, it, it was the difference between, again, creating a happy, joyful experience around math facts 
or having him do timed math worksheets, which would have completely pulled any kind of level of engagement um, from him if I had chosen to do that in a very schooly way. Um, you know, I think I think to do that in a in a comfortable um, way that acknowledged his learning differences um, was a game changer for him. Well, well, also also for for you as the parent, I mean, sitting down at a table with a worksheet. Now, it may work for some kids, it may work for some parents too, but in general, you know, you, you really have to kind of gear up to be calm, you know, and that can be tough with, 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 uh, with kids. Uh, no. So what I'm trying to say is that, you know, the, the, the child would likely rather jump on a trampoline and the parent would probably likely stand there and watch them, you know, like to stand there and watch them instead of sitting down and looking at a piece of paper. And I think that there's an important point there is that, you know, that was a positive learning experience. Number one, because it was in the home. Number two, because it it happened with someone they love. And also number three, because both parties were engaged. And so the, the, the parent had multiple interests in the activity. The, the child had multiple interests in the, in the activity as well. So an example in my, in my own home might be, you know, um, of course I like, I like reading books to my son and uh, things like that. And he, and he loves animals. And so, yeah, we could sit and read that same book again. We can pick up an encyclopedia and, or I don't know, and, and read about animal facts and whatever, but you know what? I want to get outside, you know, and, and around the corner here in my neighborhood, there's a lot of horses and I haven't been there yet. Neither is he. So my interest is now peaked in saying, hey, I wonder where, I wonder how I get there. Is there parking? <laughs> I want to find out where there's parking there. Maybe there's a bike path I can scope out while I'm, uh, while I'm taking him here. And also be cool to see a horse and maybe feed him a carrot. And he's loving it too. And so now we're sharing a learning experience, right? We're both, and we're both engaged and we're sort of both bought into this idea and he knows you know, from my demeanor that I'm enjoying it for different reasons, likely, and, and he's enjoying it too. Do you think that that's, that's part of it? Um, parents figuring out how would I like to sort of teach this concept and engage with this concept that I'm trying to get them to learn? And David, I think you're right on the mark here. Um, because let's just, let's just pull that, um, that little bike trip that you're going to take with your son and you're there and you're feeding the horses and, um, and you've got some carrots and you're looking at the horse and you're talking about, you know, you're having a conversation with your child about what they're doing, what they're seeing, how natural is it for you then to say, so are there other animals that you can think of that are kind of like horses? Now suddenly you've moved into this kind of critical thinking, higher order. You're asking students to, you're asking your child, because he's really your child at that point, to really think about that wider world around him, you know, and he might say, oh yeah, well, donkeys are like horses. And, but then, you know, you might say, wow, I wonder if on this farm, I wonder if they have pigs because pigs are kind of like horses too. And then you can have that conversation. So this conversation, this bike ride, this um, time with dad can be so um, enriched. And again, you're leveraging the relationship that exists, but you're still having a powerful educational experience, one which is very different from looking at a worksheet and circling the animals that have four legs. Mm -hmm. 
And you see how, I mean, your child is likely going to remember standing there um, outside that, you know, uh, horse paddock with, with you and remember that conversation much longer than they will remember the worksheet where they circled the animals with the four legs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and so will I, right? Um, Absolutely. And, and, you know, one thing, although I, 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 we have done that actually, and I, and I like this idea of the, of the parent thinking, you know, I know my child has to learn this. How would I like to engage the topic? That would be an interesting, you know, thing for me. And then I can pull my child in to my learning experience slash his slash our shared learning experiences. I love this idea, but I, you know, I can't do that for an hour straight or three hours straight. I mean, is that enough time? You know, that, that 20, 30 minute trip to, um, you know, check out the farm or check out the horses in terms of schedules. Cause you know, students go to school half day, all day. I can't do that here. So am I, am I lacking now or, or, or can I, you know, what does that look like in terms of schedule at home? So let's go back to our school paradigm of time and space. If you actually look at the amount of time that students are engaged in learning in schools, you're going to find that it's much less time than the actual school day. There is a considerable amount of time that happens in schools that simply transition. It's moving groups of 25 to 30 children from one space to the next space in a school. So I I used to actually, as a building principal, watch my staff move their classes to specials throughout the day. And it occurred to me at one point that almost a full hour of the school day was actually spent moving students in groups into different areas of the building. That's a pretty considerable time. So that obviously is now no longer a factor when you're at home. The other thing that I think parents need to think about is the typical attention span of your child. Um, young children actually have a surprisingly short attention span. They need a lot of ch- switch-ups and activities, um, and they need to see things done in different ways. So that bike ride allowed you know, your son that, that physical activity, and then you got to this very sensory activity um, watching and, and feeding the horse. Um, those are all changes in activity as you're having conversations um, with your child. So do I think it's enough? Absolutely, I think it's enough. I think um, being sensitive to, you know, that that attention span um, and, and the fact that we all need um, throughout the day breaks from each other. Um, certainly I do. I need to, you know, be able to walk away and engage in a different way different way with other people, our children need that too. So I think it's, it's very reasonable to say that, um, you know, students can have a very rich experience in much less time than they would spend in a brick and mortar school. And it, again, it, it is about the paradigm. It's about the structure of those two very different places. Elizabeth, I, I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing all of these great ideas with us. It has absolutely been my pleasure. Um, I really appreciate you asking me to do this. That wraps it up for this episode. Keep on the lookout for more useful topics on the Edmentum Parent Resource page. Thanks for listening.